0: Good morning and welcome to Autism Live on the Autism Network. I'm Shannon Penrod, and we got a lot going on this morning, so we're just a a minute late here. I'm very excited that in just a few minutes, we're going to be joined by Molly Ola Pinney. I hope I haven't slaughtered her name. Uh, She is amazing. She's been on the show before, but it's been a while. She's the founder and chief executive officer of the Global Autism Project. And we are going to be talking with her about the Ukraine, and what's happening there in terms of autism and how you and I can make even a small difference, but for some of you, it might be a big difference that you can make. I know this is something that's been on all of our hearts and minds. Like, you know, what on earth is going on over there in terms of autism? And is there anything that can be done to help? And Molly says there is, and there's stuff that you and I can do today. So we're gonna be talking with her in just a minute. But uh, we had some technical difficulties. As soon as she's ready to come in, they're going to notify me and we'll interrupt what we're doing and come back to all of that later. But I do want to say that we're live right now. It is Monday, May 2nd. And we're live right now on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitter, and about 12 other places that we are live at the moment. The chat is open. I can see it. If you guys want to write in and tell us where you're watching from or anything pressing on your heart or mind this morning, we love to hear from you. I uh, am so excited to be with you guys here live this morning. You know, If you didn't see it on Friday, we debuted the very first episode of our new podcast on the Autism network that's called Stories from the Spectrum. I hope you saw it. Good morning, Laurie from Nevada. So glad that you're here. If you didn't see it, please like it, share it, tell everyone about it. We're hoping eventually to be doing these podcasts once a week. For right now, it's once a month as we identify artists who want to be featured on Stories from from the Spectrum. If you know someone who identifies as being neurodiverse, who wants to be featured on that program please have them reach out directly to me shannon at autism-live.com but in the meantime please like and share and let others know so hello good morning from palo alto to priya you know for so long since we've been doing the show we're in our 11th year now and um, people said, have said to us, you know, we want to hear more from people who are actually on the spectrum. And we've, we try to feature um, people here and their stories all the time. But we really have felt for a very long time that, that there needed to be a program that was just solely people who are neurodiverse. And that's what that program is. So please get behind it and share it and like it because we need to show the world that, that not only is that completely possible, but that it's you know, incredibly talented people and that have a voice and that it's a very interesting voice and that people will watch that. The world needs to see that. So I I beg of you to please uh, support that new venture. Uh, also, I wanna let you know that as we start the show here that we have lots of experts that are here on the show. Clearly, I'm not one of them. Uh, <laughs> if you missed that implication, I'm not an expert in the field of autism at all. What I am is, I hope, a good ally. You know, I always say I'm a student in the classroom trying to sit in the front row and raise my hand to ask questions whenever possible, but to listen. I am also a pony. I love that that new term. I am a parent of a neurodiverse individual. And as you know, I also like to call myself a pone, because I am the parent of a neurodiverse now adult individual. He is 18 years old and soon to be 19 sooner than I can even believe. Right. What a privilege. What a privilege it is to be able to identify myself in that way. And it's been a very interesting and sometimes up and down journey where I felt like I wasn't prepared. And that is just the honest to goodness truth. I know when when parents of individuals on the spectrum talk, sometimes it it upsets the individuals on the spectrum because they, you know, they're not thrilled about us saying how hard it is. I just always like to remind myself and everyone listening, including those people on the spectrum, it's not our kids that make it hard ever, ever. It is the how hard it is to fight for the services and to get what they need. And if that's hard for us, imagine how hard it is for individuals that have Children or adult children on the spectrum in the Ukraine right now. So we're going to be talking about that and what we can do to make a difference. But in the meantime, suffice it to say, I'm not an expert. I'm someone who cares deeply for very good reasons, because like many of you, I love many people on the spectrum. That starts, though, of course, with my son. And, you know, we always say here on the show, our, our goal here is to provide information and inspiration for that larger autism community, which, of course, starts with individuals who are on the autism spectrum, but then branches out and includes everyone who loves them. It's my supposition that that should be the entire world. We're making that happen little by little, one by one. So in any case, we like to start Monday off with something we fondly refer to as the jargon of the day. This is when we take on one word, one phrase, one acronym. We try to figure out what in the hey nani nani are those experts talking about? What does this have to do with us? Why, why, why can't people just speak in plain English? And the truth is that we speak in jargon in whatever field we're in. I used to waitress all through high school and, and graduate school. And college, and uh, there was a jargon to it. And jargon is there for a reason, because if you're in the know, it makes things faster and it's very specific. But if you're not in the know, you get left horribly behind. And I don't know anybody who is on the spectrum or loves someone on the spectrum who wants to get left horribly behind. So what we do here is we take it one word, one phrase, one acronym at a time. We give you the actual definition. We often make fun of that definition. Then we give you a working definition and try to put it into context for you. So let's take a look at what today's term is because it's one that gets floated around a lot. We're talking about meltdowns today. I've heard a lot of people talking about meltdowns recently and asking, you know, what's the difference between a meltdown and a tantrum? And I love this conversation because for me, as a parent, as a caregiver, and as a former teacher, when somebody explained to me the difference between a a tantrum and a meltdown, it was like light bulbs going off over my head. And I was like, oh... OK. And then that helped me to be able to know what to do, how to head meltdowns off at the pass. But when they inevitably do happen to have a better sense of what was going on so that I could be of more support. Yeah. Makes sense. So let's take a look at what our actual definition of a meltdown is. And I think we took this uh, right out of Merriam-Webster, if I'm not mistaken, meltdown, a breakdown of self-control as from fatigue or overstimulation. And I sort of loved this parenthetical here because a breakdown of self-control, I don't know, it sounds kind of accusatory to, to me, um, uh, you know, and, and I don't think that we need to take that attitude towards meltdowns. So this definition, not great for me, not the worst certainly nothing to be made fun of here, right? Let's move on to our working definition and see if we can't hone this down a little bit more. So meltdowns, when sensory and environmental issues overwhelm an individual to the point where they cannot calm themselves and may have trouble calming down with assistance. That's really what a meltdown is. So for me, what somebody explained to me is that a tantrum is when you want something and you're not getting it and you don't have a better way of communicating other than flipping out, right? And and flipping out is however you choose to do that. Uh, I would love to tell you at the ripe age of 59 that I never, ever have a tantrum anymore. My husband will tell you that that just isn't true. <laughs> But there are times when I have been known to throw a tantrum because the frustration is so much that uh, you just can't handle anymore. And of course, the famous one that I share right, is that a few years ago, many, it was probably close to a decade ago, uh, I I took my son and my husband to one of those Dick's Sporting Goods because we were going to get um, new sneakers for my son. And... I'm somebody who has an esophageal ulcer. So if I bend over, it's like acid reflux up through my esophagus and it's really painful and annoying and not fun. Right. And my son was sort of overwhelmed because there was so much stimuli and my husband was overwhelmed. There were so many shoes. And so he started to look for a pair of shoes for him. And my son just sort of checked out and I was trying to bend over and get the shoes on my son. He wasn't helping in any way. He was probably nine years old and there was loud music playing. And I, I tried a couple of times to say to my son, you know, you have to sit at least because he was slouching and, you know, just like laying down on the table as if he was a dead person. And I was supposed to screw the shoes onto his feet. And I was saying to him, you got to sit up, come on, which shoes do you like? You know, now come here, walk in those. And I was doing a lot of it. And I would say to my husband, can you come here for a second? He'd come for a second. And then he'd go look at another pair of shoes. And I, felt like I was communicating to them, you know, can we do this, but you know, the, so the, here, here that's, you know, it went from tantrum, tantrum to meltdown. And so this does, this does go from one to the other because the tantrum would have had if I just started yelling and going, Hey, I want somebody to listen to me or I'm leaving. Right. But it got worse than that because between all the noise, and I'm very sensory to noise that was coming from above, like I couldn't hear myself think. And there was like the buzzing fluorescent lights and the acid reflux and everything that took me from tantrum to a meltdown. So tantrum is when you're not getting what you want and you feel like the way that you're communicating isn't working. So you throw a tantrum because it gets attention. Right. How we know it's a tantrum is if we give you what you want, the tantrum stops. Have we all seen this with a kid that they are crying, like tears are shooting out of their eyes and you give them the thing that they wanted and it immediately they're like, oh, okay. And they, <laughs> it's like this crazy shift in how quickly they go from one to the other. Um, that's a tantrum. Now, be careful because we don't want to do that experiment very much when somebody's throwing a tantrum and they let's say they want a lollipop and you're you're not giving them the lollipop and they're crying and you give them the lollipop and it immediately stops um that's not a good thing because what we just taught them was next time you want the lollipop make sure you flip out that much and that's how we get into problems right Um, But the difference between a tantrum and a meltdown is when the person is in the meltdown, there is a sensory component. It might be environmental. It could be that they have a tag on the back of their shirt that is just driving them a little crazy. And they could just barely handle it until there was this other thing where they felt like they could not be heard. And now these things combine and and they start having the tantrum, but now it spirals because of the sensory component. And even if you offered them the lollipop, they're hysterical still that's how you know it's a meltdown. When if we gave them the thing that they wanted doesn't solve it, that's a meltdown. And it always, always, always has some sort of sensory component. Now, the sensory component could be something on the inside. It doesn't always have to be something on the outside, right? But it could be a combo of them. Like, you know, um, I was having the acid reflux and there was the music, the two together, right? So, important that um, if somebody is having a tantrum, that we look quickly to see what's going on. And if we see them start to escalate, we start to say to ourselves, what's the environmental component here? Because too often, I think we tend to have our own feelings when a tantrum is happening, like, oh, no. And is this going to be a meltdown? And will I be able to handle it? And people are judging me and people. So we're having our own moment, right? And we have to remember that the individual that's having the tantrum or the meltdown, that's not helpful to them. We instead, if we can divorce ourselves from all the emotions that we're having in that moment, we can deal with them later. I'm not saying make them go away forever, but if we can try to be, I I like put on my scientist hat when I see a tantrum or a meltdown and I go, what's happening? What do I need to do to make all of us safe, including the person who's having the tantrum? Um, Is there anything that I can minimize in this moment that takes the environmental component? Do I have any control over anything? Like if there's loud music? It? can i turn it down can i you know are is the person showing signs of being overheated or are they cold or are they thirsty or are they hungry is there any way that i can head this off at the pass and 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 while i'm doing all this i can show up with compassion because really that's the name of the game when somebody's having a tantrum you know we want to be compassionate but we don't want to give in but when we're talking about a meltdown We're still not going to give in to what they wanted because A, it's not going to help. We already learned that in the definition, but it, you know, it's not, we, we don't want to make this turn into something that they have to do every day of the week to do it. But that doesn't mean that we don't show up with compassion. If you, if you have a friend and you know that they're in pain and you see that they get cranky when they're in pain, you, you know. You, you can have your feelings about it, but you don't need to be mean to them about it, right? So that's what I'm saying about uh, tantrums and meltdowns. Let's, let's really look at what the sensory stuff is. And I suggest if your child is having regular meltdowns, start a log keep track of everything, you know, every symptom that they're having, everything that happens beforehand, just try to pinpoint, oh, it's when I feed them yellow dye number 12 that, uh, right after, you know, we have lemonade and it has that in it about an hour later, we get the meltdown. Because uh, sometimes it is the artificial food colors. It might be sugar. It could be the laundry soap. Do they have any hives? Right. Look for the environmental clues, and um, and you'll be a better ally. Hello. Good morning to Amanda and to Kathy, who's saying good afternoon. All right. Let's move on to uh, our question of the day. Because I believe that we've got Molly up and running. And uh, please feel free to write in in the the comments for the question of the day. Uh, when you feel overwhelmed, what tactics do you use to help yourself? You know, whenever we're looking at things, these things, I always say that it's a good place to start with ourselves. That doesn't always tell us what somebody else is feeling, but it's a good place to start because I think we bring more compassion when we recognize that this is something that's normal and that we all feel. I, I would, I'm guessing that each and every one of you feel overwhelmed sometimes. And what do you do to calm yourself? Because it's not gonna be the same thing for the person that you love on the spectrum, but the awareness of that you do feel overwhelmed and that tactics can help you down is ratchet it down. And what helps you ratchet it down will put you in the mindset of then asking what what will help them to ratchet it down, right? Uh, because we all feel overwhelmed at times and, and and listen, you might have great tools for when you feel overwhelmed, but we can all learn more, right? Uh, it's a wonderful thing. All right. And moving on, we always have a topic of the week and our topic this week is autism around the globe, which fits beautifully with our first guest this morning. Uh, uh, we are and this was sort of a surprise to us last week, but Molly um, Penny, who's been on the show before, reached out to me. I want you to know that she's the founder and chief executive officer of the Global Autism Project. She has been doing amazing things. Uh, I, I think I met her for the first time about 10 years ago and was just stunned by the things that she was doing. Uh, they are a nonprofit organization that increases the capacity of local individuals working with children with autism worldwide. So she started this uh, project in 2003 in Ghana uh, with a family who had a child with autism. She was struck by the mistreatment of children with autism and inspired by the desire to help local community and a lack of understanding of autism. And so we'll have her talk about the various programs that they do. But Molly reached out to me the other day and said, Shannon, are you aware of what's going on in the Ukraine? And I said, well, you know. I mean I think we all hear what we hear right and it's devastating and um and of course I don't know a single person in the autism community who hasn't asked themselves in the last few months oh my gosh what is it like for the families and the individuals with autism in the Ukraine and um I for one have felt um powerless Powerless is the word. So Molly is here today. She is on the job and she's going to talk with us about what is happening, what we can do, what we need to know, and how we can get involved. So let's welcome back to the show, Molly Ola Pinney. Molly, am I slaughtering your name?
1: No, that's exactly what it is. (laughs) Okay,
0: great. Uh, Welcome back. And um, I know, tell them what the conference is that you are at today.
1: Yeah, I'm at the CASP conference in Portland, Oregon. So the Council of Autism Service Providers, I'll be addressing the room of 500 participants later this afternoon, sharing with them the work that's happening currently um, within Ukraine and with folks who have been able to safely evacuate Ukraine.
0: Okay. So there's a there's a lot going on. Where do you want to start? Do you want to talk first about what the Go- Global Autism Project does and then morph into Ukraine? Or how do you want to start?
1: Yeah, sure. I think you did a good job summing it up. Um, really, you know, what we do is we build capacity for services worldwide. We've done this work for 20 years. Um, And I think you're right. I think we did talk for the first time about 10 years ago. And that was about 10 years into this journey, which is pretty wild. Um, Although it was was like the slowest startup ever. You know, I spent eight years learning how not to run an international autism organization. And I'd like to think over the last decade or so, we've started figuring things out. Um, Typically what happens is people around the world reach out to us saying, you know, hey, I'm the only person in my country. We need services for kids with autism. And then our team provides training in order to allow them to build their capacity for services. We also partner with governments and universities in order to train people at a local level. Um, oftentimes, there are very few people with any professional training, whether it be in ABA, speech, OT, PT, or anything um, within a lot of countries. And in Ukraine and Eastern Europe is, is no different.
0: Yeah. Um, and, and one of the things that I was really struck by when I first met you was that you, I don't know if you still have this program, but for people who were working in the field, you were asking them if they had a week or two, their vacation, if they would like to donate their vacation, go to another country. And, and, and what I loved so much was the model was that they would go in and not try to just do two weeks worth of therapy. Right.
1: Right. Because
0: what's that do?
1: Yeah, Um, exactly. But what
0: they would do is go in and train the people there for what to do when they left in two weeks. I just felt that that was brilliant, Molly. And there are so many times when I talk about when I'm overwhelmed, I like to think about the fact that there are smarter people than me on the job. And Molly's one of those Mm -hmm. smarter people. I love when I feel like we're not going to be able to help everybody. I love knowing that Molly and people Mm -hmm. like Molly are getting it done. So thank you for that, Molly. I get to sleep because you're in the world. Um, So tell us what, and I I know it changes minute by minute, but Mm -hmm. What is the status right now in Ukraine that you were aware of? Because there are many stories that we're hearing. Talk to us
1: so it does change minute by minute um and i want to just back up for a minute and say how on earth did molly get involved get herself involved with this um and what happened is about a week ago this is why shannon had a very last minute phone call i was like shannon call me she's like i have two minutes between meetings i was like that'll do it here's what i need she's like i'll see you monday um so i really appreciate that and we've had overwhelming support Um, about a week ago almost a week and a half ago i joined a facebook group that was called ukraine autism help And I posted in that group, I'm the founder and CEO of the Global Autism Project, what is needed right now? And I was just thinking, I'll just get a few comments, um, you know, and I'll just get an idea of what's needed and start to feel out if there's something we may be able to help with as services start to become, um, you know, as we need to rebuild things. Well, instead I received over 200 comments, 200 messages in my personal inbox, people finding me on LinkedIn, and I had all these messages in full Ukrainian. Um, I speak English, I speak a bit of Spanish and a bit of French, not Ukrainian. Um, but so I'll bet i bet
0: by next week you'll know yeah. more you.
1: <laughs> But I now recognize the word hello and thank you and autism. Um, and so I spent a lot of time on Google Translate. And there was an overwhelming need for basic things, right? Housing, food, clothing. Um there were a number of people who had started taking this on sort of individually. So I connected with some of them. Um, they were literally, you know, calling people in Ukraine, calling people in Eastern Europe, seeing what they need. And then they had organized a whole supply chain. It's. Phenomenal. This will not surprise you, Shannon. These are autism moms. Yeah. These are autism moms getting it done. Um, so, you know, I sleep a little easier knowing there are autism moms in the world because I think you know, if anyone's gonna get something done, it, it is a mom of, of an autistic person for sure. Um, so I connected with them and you know, again, learned that the biggest need right now, the immediate need. Um, In addition to people are asking for sensory things for their kids, they're asking for devices or laptops that they can connect to a teacher. Um, They're also asking for housing. So over last weekend, I was able to, contact Operation White Stork that was founded by uh, Will McNulty and we were able to get housing vouchers for everybody who contacted us who has a family member, um, an autistic loved one that they have evacuated with. We can get housing vouchers for outside Ukraine. So we've had, I think we've had about close to 100 inquiries in our inbox specifically for the housing vouchers. We are also able to um, connect with some folks who are able to do evacuations within Ukraine for families who are still there. Something that we don't think about a whole lot is we hear about everybody being evacuated. We know it's women and children. We know that men can't leave. And what I hadn't quite thought all the way through, I guess, and maybe just because my brain didn't let me go there, is there are autistic grown men who are still in Ukraine who cannot leave so they need a a place in the country that is safer that can meet their needs um and then for people who have left again their needs range from um you know basic maslow's hierarchy needs right like food clothing and shelter to the to the higher needs um you know things like services for their kids and school materials for their kids and a place for their kids to go and we estimate there's over a hundred thousand refugees, um, with autism right now.
0: Wow. Yeah. That, that gives us a little bit of pause, right? Yeah. Um, cause that, that can quickly overwhelm us. But what I love about you, Molly, is that you work the problem, yeah. uh, little by little. So talk to us a little bit about what, and I know the plan is morphing minute by minute. Too,
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right? It depends when you ask, right? Yeah.
0: But this morning as of right now, um, what is the current plan and, and how can we get involved? Yeah. And I'm sure that there are many different levels of ways that we can help. What can we do? Absolutely.
1: Um, so the main thing that we're working on doing right now is creating these autism resource hubs, and we're trying to feel out if this is going to work. You know, parents of um, of loved ones of autistic loved ones are leery, obviously, of labeling their kid, of coming to these resource centers, and this has a bit to do with stigma, and this has a bit to do with probably more to do with people fearing mistreatment of their children. So like, why are we looking for these kids? You know, we've gotten a few emails to that effect. And so I'll actually be going to Poland this Friday, meeting with families. Um, you know, we have a we have a kind of MO in our organization to do with and not for. Yeah. Um, and so we'll be connecting with the families and seeing what specifically is needed. So the initial idea is to create autism resource hubs, also to start to create community around the displaced Ukrainian teachers and therapists. We have a number of incredible teachers and therapists displaced from Ukraine saying like, if I could just have a building, if I could just have materials, I would start my center again today right here. Even though I've lost everything I have, my country, I have no idea if and when I'll go back, I'm gonna start this right here, right now for these kids. And it's just, it's been unbelievable to just have access to these conversations and see what people are doing. Um, So that's step one, is to start to galvanize that group of people to create these autism resource centers so that parents can go in if if there are sensory things that they're wanting to get for their kids, if they need clothing for their families, if they need whatever it is that they need, this would be available to them. The bigger piece, um, as I said, we have over 100,000. We're not going to be able to build hubs and centers for 100,000 students in the next week. Um, what we will be able to do is to deploy technology to these families. And so we have partnered with um, Multiple, it's an autism, um, it's a, I believe it's a venture capital firm for autism. You have to look it up, multiplehub.org. Okay. <laughs> um, and their mission largely, multiplehub.org, And their mission largely is to support the autistic community at scale using technology. Okay. And so they're an incredible natural partner for us to be connecting with and to be sharing um, this work. And so one of the things that we're trying to do in addition to building these on the ground hubs for immediate humanitarian support is also creating an opportunity for families to be able to use and leverage technology. So whether that means getting devices to them Um, And that means building a community of Ukrainian teachers and therapists who can work with more kids. Um, We're also taking into consideration the mental health needs of the parents right now. So how do we get these parents connected to each other, connected to people who can help with them? So if you go to our website, globalautismproject.org, you can make a donation. Um, And we also are gonna have a button on there later on um, so that you can actually set up your own fundraising page. You can crowdfund. You can say, hey, you know, I alone can't donate $10,000, but I have a community of people who can raise $10,000 probably in a few days, honestly. Um, I think a lot of people right now wanna help. They don't know where to help. And I think for our global autism community, we've all been wondering, What's happening? You know, you see the train fulls of people going, you go, where are the kids with autism? Are yeah. they getting on those trains? Sometimes yes, and sometimes no. So there are a lot of families who are still in Ukraine because they've not been able to evacuate. Um, and so we've been working with some folks to, to support them as well. Um, but they can't evacuate in a, on a bus, on a train. If you think about your own kids that you know, or work with, or love, um, and adults, you you can't just get on a crowded train in the middle of a war and that just won't work yeah so it's it is um it's more intense than anything that I've ever 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 worked with um, and I've done some some heavy work around the world in twenty years um, and I think you know obviously we did not when planning the budget for our work in 2022. We did not plan on um, intervening with a with a war. Um, yeah. and so we are as quickly as possible trying to gather resources and make this happen. Um, the we've had a few people already pledge support for this project. Um, ben Wessels, the former CEO of Early Autism Services, has made a personal gift for this um, this morning, and so that's something. Um, and it's, you know, people are, people are willing to support this um, and we're prepared and ready and connected enough to get a team in place to, to put, to make this happen quickly.
0: Okay. So it, for right now, there are two things. One yeah. is um, if you have money, if you have any money in the couch cushions, there really is no that's don- donation that's too small, correct?
1: Yeah. Of course not.
0: Yeah. Um, well, and, I and mean. And no
1: donation that's too large.
0: Well, let's say that too. But I think a lot of times we feel like I don't, you know, money yeah. is the one thing I don't have. I think a lot of times we're confused because it's like you could donate what it would cost you for a latte. Yeah. And it would make a difference. Yeah. So I'm just putting that out there. But the other Absolutely. thing that we all have is uh, we have internet, I know, cause if you're watching this, you have some sort of internet yep. and and we do have a community and, and, and sometimes the community doesn't know what they can do either. So if you, let's say that you have $10 that you could donate today, mm-hmm. that would be amazing. But if you could also share and or start yes. one of these fundraising pages, yes. your effect of what you could do could just mushroom and multiply. Yes. And that would be great. Now, what I'm not hearing yet, uh, Molly, but at some point you'll tell us, I mean, I hear you saying that you need sensory things and you need technology, but you're not asking for those to be donated yet, are you, or are you?
1: Um, we. That's a good question. The short answer is if you know that you have that and you would like to donate, you can email supportukraine okay. at org. Or Ukraine support at globalautismproject.org. <laughs> there we go. I was just
0: going to say, does that one work? Thanks, okay. Yes.
1: Thanks to my okay. three a.m. texting, I, I okay. messed them up, and then we That's had to have right. both. So Ukraine That's support okay. at globalautismproject.org. If you know you would like to get involved, the other thing we are actively looking for right now is translators. We need ah. things translated as quickly as possible um mostly into ukrainian some families speak russian as well some families speak polish Um, but the the emphasis right now is is on ukraine um you know one of the one of the biggest things that we have to take into consideration is this disruption you know we know what it's like when a doctor's appointment gets canceled we know what it's like when there's a snow day this is a disruption of of just massive proportion that we we can't even imagine unless we've personally experienced this. Um, and we certainly can't imagine what it's like for members of the autistic community unless we've personally experienced it as members of the autistic community. So it is, it is a massive disruption. And part of what we really wanna do is to be able to keep the kids um, and their families, the ones who would like to stay within a semi-familiar culture at least, you know, so not, taking people and displacing them all the way across the world and having them start over. Also, I don't know when the last time is you tried to get services for an autistic loved one in the US, but the waiting lists are months long here. So it's not like you're gonna come here or go to Canada and you're gonna have services tomorrow. That's just not not what's gonna happen. So, um, and even if we can do that, I've had a few people who run autism centers saying, you know, I've got a few spots, I can take some kids. Um, but in terms of creating a systemic um, solution, I would say, in terms of creating a systemic response is probably better because I don't, I don't know that there's a solution just yet. Um, in terms of creating a systemic response, it's really important that we're building capacity for services because, again, there's nowhere in the world that can, that can take this on.
0: Yeah. But I loved what you said about Maslow's hierarchy of need. At right. First, you know, I mean, yes, we need to get services for these people, but first we need to make sure that they have shelter and food. Yes. And are safe. And that and, and right now that is at risk. Now, help me, Molly, to know, you say that there's over 100,000 individuals with autism. That doesn't even count their families. That doesn't
1: count their families. Exactly.
0: That that have evacuated yeah. And do we know where everybody is going? It seems like to me, from what I see, the vast majority are going to Poland, but are we already seeing people making it to Canada and the United States?
1: We are. Um, there are a few few families that I know of personally who have made it to, to Canada or the U.S., sometimes via family members, sometimes via friends, um, sometimes via an autism mom who, who um, has opened their home. Um, you know, it's interesting because my first, on Friday, of last week when i first or i guess it was thursday when i first connected with this community i was like okay let's just create a map so we can see where all the families are yeah. um, and even in that map within a few hours they were all over europe um and then as i got talking with families and with people who've been working with them for a couple of months they were like you know you can create a map all you want but they move every few days yeah. um you know and then with the vouchers we We were thinking, okay, well, let's have every family who gets an autism or rather who gets an Airbnb voucher through us, let's have them go to one of two specific cities. Well, the challenge there is that having not been there, I don't know that that's the best place to send them. Right. And so, you know, the vouchers are good for any country um, outside of Ukraine. And what we've just told them is that we're looking to set up regional support and start to galvanize and pull together um, services in these places. This is where our efforts will be. But it's just, I mean, it's, yeah. it's
0: huge. There's a, a huge issue. And I applaud you for taking it on. Uh, and honestly, it does give me great comfort knowing that you're doing that. So you're leaving later on this week and you're actually going to be there on the ground. And I think once you're there, you're going to have a better sense
1: better. and,
0: and, and you're going to know more every day about things that are needed. That's why it's important that we all Go to the website. Um, is yeah. there a way to sign up to follow what's happening, or do we just need to check in regularly, Molly?
1: Um, you know, that's a good question. We will we will create that today. <laughs> um, <laughs> if you sign up for a regular mailing list, the other thing I would say is following us on social media is probably yeah. the best. You know, when I'm there um, right now, I think I will probably be going live um, potentially with families, potentially with teachers, you know, I think one of the most important things to us is the vulnerability and the trauma that these families have endured. Um, You know, we don't want to ask anything of them except for what can we do? Um, You know, and what what is it that we can build? And um, I think, you know, getting them into housing has been an absolute priority. And we're so grateful to Operation White Stork, who's been able to connect them with housing vouchers so that we're able to do that. but it has, it has been a, um, it is, it's, you know, I've been in this for, for about a week actively. yeah And so things are, things are changing quickly. Um, but what's not changing is the volume of people asking for support and asking for help. Um, and we'll have on, on our social media over the next few days, we'll have more, we'll have some excerpts from the Facebook group. We'll have some excerpts from emails, you know, things like that. Obviously, redacting names and identifying info.
0: Absolutely. So, again, if you're just joining us, and hi, Sapiro, uh, lovely to see you here. Reminding all of us that the right now, the ask today. Is that you do one of two things, if not both of two things. If you have any money that you can donate, and literally $10 is fine. And I got, I've said this before on the show. Sometimes we're so caught up in our own thing and it feels like, like you said, the doctor appointment gets canceled. And you're like, really? After everything we did to work to get the and you're in your own stuff, right? And sometimes it just feels so good to do something for somebody else. It yeah. like it lightens your load. So check the couch cushions, make a donation to the global autism project, but also is, is the capacity there to set up your own fundraiser today, uh Molly, or is that something it will be.
1: I, it will be as okay. soon as I end this call and put I have actually I don't know if I can put a chat put a thing in
0: the link here. But I think you can put a link in the chat. You can put it in the chat and then Traven, our producer, can put it in the chat. Yeah. Let me just put this. Here. OK, so the other the other thing that you can do today is to start your own fundraiser. And I know sometimes we feel squeamy about it. But listen, everybody, oh you gosh. know, is concerned about this as well. Yeah. So if you yeah. if you put a fundraiser and say, hey, you know, if you say I'm looking to raise, I always put the amount res- relatively small. Let's say you're, you say I, my goal is to raise raise a thousand dollars a lot of times you will exceed it times five or ten right um but everybody feels good your aunt martha goes you know i can give a hundred dollars to that and you feel better you feel like you've done something and to know that you have sent help to someone who is so desperately in need of help right now right I don't know about you. I've, I've been in a place where I needed help, not like this, but that I needed help and it showed up out of nowhere yep. and you feel like, oh my goodness, I'm in other people's arms. So let's be the arms that these people need, uh, today. And, um, Trayvon just put that in the chat for all of our live places where you guys can go to create, that's where you can go to create your own fundraiser, right, Molly?
1: Yes, exactly.
0: So that's the ask right now. Now, if you're somebody who feels a fire in you, having heard this and you want to do more, Molly also gave us the website to go to Ukraine support at global autism project. If you want to get more involved, if you know, or have a business that says, for instance, I have, um, sensory, uh, toys, Mm, please email us. Yep that you could send. Um, if you are, are someone who's like, I, I feel the call I need, I need to do more. Mm-hmm. There are more things that we can do, and this is going to be changing minute by minute, day by day. So definitely following global autism project on social media. You guys are on Facebook. Yeah. You're on Twitter, Instagram, yeah, everything, on right?
1: Instagram and Facebook mostly, but yeah, we're on, we're all over these
0: days. There you go. And, and I know you guys, sometimes it feels like, I don't know. i I said this earlier, Molly, I felt so powerless through all of it.
1: I mean, yeah, Yeah.
0: but you know, the, the cure for that is to do something, Mm -hmm. some, something, and there is no something that's too small.
1: Absolutely not. And I think, you know, it's interesting because over the last week, as you can imagine, people have been saying things to me like we need more Mollies in the world. Um, and yeah. while that is very flattering, um, what I would say back to you is we need more Supiros, We need more Amanda's. We need more Kathy's. We need you to just believe in your ability to make a difference in the world. That's yeah. actually all we need. We just need people to believe in their ability to make a difference in the world right now. Um, It's not gonna be one person like that person over there doing it, like this is is up to each one of us. We each and every one of us have the opportunity and the ability to make a difference in the world. And that's really the invitation today is to make a difference in the world in a concrete way, in a way that you, you know, as somebody watching the Autism Live show, this is something you can really relate to and really understand. Um, one of our goals is to be able to connect people giving to to the people receiving as well um, over the next couple of weeks, hopefully, so that we can really just start to create connection and community. Um, you know, so many people are writing just saying, "I feel so alone. It's just me. I'm the only one here. I'm in a town where I don't speak the language. I'm sleeping on a church floor, you know. Um, and so we can address the housing. And then once we can address the housing, we can um, we can address we can address the other needs as well, so
0: absolutely. it is. And I do agree with them. You know, it would be nice if we could clone Molly. Um, But I bet you, you know, some of you will go, "Uh, look, I want to be Molly. But the reality is we can't all go to Poland on Friday. That is not all of our lives don't support that because some of you have kiddos here and you're needed here. But what we can do is make it possible so that Molly can go and do more. Um, And if you're seeing this and seeing Molly's message here and, you know, we don't, we don't just have everybody here on the show. Molly's been in, in doing this nonprofit for 20 years.
1: It's so, so long, 19, only 19, but yeah. 19, well, <laughs>
0: she's, that doesn't that mean you're in your 20th year? So, but, uh, you know, you know, you can trust her, with your funds. So get the piggy bank out, do something good for yourself today that will, will have an effect halfway around the world to yeah. somebody who is sitting there that we all understand that they're, they're like, I just need some help right now. I need right it now. to show up from somebody who doesn't know me and they're yeah. having the faith that it will show up. It's yeah. you. I'm looking at you cause it's you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know, your ten dollars, you might feel like, well, what could that possibly do? But that could be life changing for somebody. Absolutely. Um, and Molly will be there to make sure that that happens. So, again, let's go over it one more time. Go, go to globalautismproject.org, check out what's happening, and uh, follow them on whatever social media that you're on, Global yes. Autism Project. And we're asking that when you go to globalautismproject.org, make a donation of any size to help Molly to be able to do more when she goes to Poland on Friday, because she's going to identify more. And Molly, I'm just going to say to you that we're, you know, we're on, uh, we're live pretty much every day of the week uh, here, Monday through Friday. If you have an update, you let us know. We'll put the call out.
1: Okay. Okay. Great, I definitely will. And if any of you, the other thing I think we could ask for right now is if anybody has media connections or any way to help shed some light on these families in particular. Um, You know, I think when you look at large humanitarian organizations, they're just not focused on the needs of people with any disabilities, let alone autism. Um, And I get it, and they can't be at that scale, Um, but we can be, and we have been. And you know we're ready to leverage and get every single person I've met over 20 years in in this um, part of this because you know there's something really beautiful about having built an organization that's prepared to respond in a time like this.
0: Um, and so, I will tell you, Molly, if you have footage and you you know, we we also are prepared here too at uh, Autism Network. If you have footage and you need it edited and well, disseminated, we're happy to do that as well.
1: Oh, amazing, amazing! I I, you it.
0: know, I mean, everybody needs to do what they can. Yeah, and and yeah. that's something that we can. Yeah. So yeah. I'm asking all of you that are listening, if 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 you are not capable of doing anything today. Uh, and I think that that is, that is uh, a mistake in thinking because you're capable mm-hmm. of doing something. Definitely, if you're yeah. here watching the show, you are capable of doing something. Yeah, Just share me. this, share this Just, with 10 this conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, or, or start one of those fundraising pages. Let's put that back up, uh, Traven, where they need to go. It's in the chat though. Mm-hmm. Um, it's in the chat. Start a fundraising okay. page you, all you have to do is post it to your social media and things have a way of happening.
1: We do have a way of happening. We're very fortunate right now to have social media. We're very fortunate to have these direct communications with people, um, You know, where it, it just allows us to be able to intervene and to offer support in a way that we haven't been able to um, previously in wars. Yeah. So um, there's there's a lot of infrastructure in place. This is happening, um, really, truly not far from here. Um, yeah. And it's just, you know, it's hard for us to know what what is next. Um, and it's hard for these families to know what is next. Um, but if we are able to provide housing and keep people safe right now, that's really the priority. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. Just thank you. Thank you so much for responding to my one line email
0: (laughs) (laughs) to join you here. I think I was at dinner and I was like, Molly doesn't reach out to me very often. Uh, (laughs) And I saw the word Ukraine and and I was like, oh, you know what I thought, Molly? I thought, Mm -hmm. oh, thank God. Thank God that Molly um, is doing something because like many of you, it's been on my head. I'm like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do, but you know, I knew that Molly would know. And, um, and so that's great. That's that's great. I also want to want to say to all of you that you know there's that that whole it doesn't matter what religion or spirituality or practice that you have there's this idea of do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Yeah. Yep. The world is full of problems. We cannot dispute that, right? But if you think for just one second, I do think that perspective taking is the answer to all of our problems every day. But if you think if that was me and I was there, and I was the person on the spectrum who is stuck. When you told me about this group of, of young men that are stuck, uh, that's been whoo on my mind, oh, right? Um, well, it would be your son, right? How old is your yeah. son? My yeah. son is 18. Yeah. And, son? Uh, and I, have, I have watched the footage and said, I, I don't know what I would do. Um, I, I certainly couldn't have have left him behind, but I don't know what I would do and And when you think about things in that way and say what what would I want and and of course, there's all the things you need, housing and all of those things. but to know that someone hears you yeah, that someone is still sending a thought and love and cares and you matter is, mm-hmm. I think, almost as important as the rest of it.
1: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, just, just the simple idea that you matter, that yeah. your kids matter, is it's world
0: changing. It really and that is. it's not happening in a vacuum that others yeah. see, right? And and get it. Yes, is huge. Yes, and healing, and yes. healing. Absolutely. So we can't fix everything, but we can right. today show that we hear, that we care. And that these people matter. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah.
0: Molly, you are, you are amazing. Thank you. Um, you're welcome whenever. Um, you just yeah. only have to tell us <laughs> because, as I said, that's something that we can do. Yeah. I can't come with you to Poland. Right. Um, but yeah. I want to support you. In going- I can join
1: you, probably. We can figure out the time zones and all that good stuff. And we can... Yeah we can make it happen just so I can give you an update as I'm meeting families, as I'm meeting, I, I know I'm meeting a number of families. I know I'm meeting a number of teachers and therapists um, and I'm hoping to visit other countries as well while I'm there. So it's, um
0: And yeah. then I, I will say this, as you, if you have somebody in your organization who can help us to identify or a place where a, a, a central location so that when families, I'm picturing that at some point there's going to be a Ukrainian family in almost every city and town yeah. in the United States who could use support. and support. And yeah. if we had a way of being able to look uh, and find a local organization that mm-hmm. would be able to tell us what, what they needed then, yeah. I'm sure that, you know, instead of having a garage sale, we could all donate to that local family, but we won't know where they are.
1: Yeah. So that's
0: the problem today. Let's yeah. Right down the line absolutely
1: one's, no one's that's take great
0: care of the other stuff Yeah, uh, you know because i you know i know i know if we did a blanket drive right now people would say i've got 10 blankets right uh, you know but what well, we can't send seventy thousand blankets with you to poland on friday right
1: no but, the luggage requirements <laughs> right right yeah. um uh,
0: yeah. but i'm i'm gonna see if we can't find you some sensory toys
1: yeah. You know, Amazing. You know we, do,
0: we, we do have a toy guide here. We do know a few toy companies.
1: Okay. Um, oh, great.
0: So I'm, yeah. I'm going to spend a, a little bit of time on that today. I
1: think little things like that really make a huge difference. You know, part of what we've been doing is working on the supply chain logistics and obviously there's life changing or life saving supplies that have to get to people, it, yeah. um, you know, inter, um, individual first aid kits that save your life in the event that. You have you know an extreme injury, um, and things like that, and so that's part of what we're checking as well is what is the supply chain that we can use to get things where they need to go without disrupting, of course, the life saving yeah. stuff that's going in and the food, you know. Yes.
0: Um,
1: and so that's part of that's part of what we're working on as well, which is why I'm just letting everyone know, hey, email us once we have something in place. We're gonna we're gonna figure out the best way to do it. It's probably gonna look like a stateside gathering of materials, and then a yeah. large shipment, not like a bunch of small boxes going to the post office. Okay. And
0: <laughs> so, All right. Well, um, keep uh, keep us posted on that so we can let people know.
1: I absolutely will. Oh,
0: thank you. Amanda, Uh, I I, (laughs) I love Amanda's offering to take somebody in. Eventually that's going to be a thing. That's
1: going to be needed too. I mean, there's a hundred thousand families. There's nowhere, there's no one country that everybody can go. Yeah. Um, And you know, the people I'm speaking to today at the council of autism service providers, I also wrote to Laura Unum, who's the president of Casp. You probably know her as well. Uh, Um, you know, I'm sure your schedule's fully booked for the conference next week. Can I have five or 10 minutes? And she's like, I'll give you my 10 minutes, um, you know, 10 of my minutes.
0: That's amazing.
1: My spot. So yeah. So I,
0: those are valuable 10 minutes.
1: Seek for 10 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) That's valuable 10 minutes. We just got to get the word out. Everybody wants to help right now. Everybody wants to help. And it's a beautiful thing and it's incredible. And where on earth do you start and who do you help with and where do you go? And it's just, it's, it's a humanitarian crisis and so I think it feels overwhelming um, and I think that keeps us sometimes from feeling like we can make a difference and so what I just want everybody to hear is that you matter and you can make a big difference in the world right now just by, just, just at your keyboard. <laughs> so. yep.
0: But Amanda's ready to take in a family. So, Amanda, I want you to write to that Ukraine support yes, please. Please. at Global Autism Project because, you know, there might be a family in your future. And, yeah. and, and I have
1: a family already in Houston looking for housing and, you know, you don't know. We just we just have no way of knowing this was not an organized situation yeah. at all. You know this was this is a war, this is chaos, this is trauma. This is um yeah. but there may be there may be a family already in Houston, so I will
0: I will there check. There we go. It. So All right. Yeah. Uh thank you so much. Uh please everybody spread the word. Spread yes. the word, let's spread the love and uh let's help ha- help shore up these families. Let's put them in our arms. Okay. Uh, thank Molly, so- thank you so much. Thank Travel you. safely. Keep us posted.
1: I definitely will. We'll plan on an update from the field um, specifically for
0: your community. All right. I appreciate you. Uh, You you take care. care. Good luck at the conference. Thank you. Take care. Thank you. Uh, All right. And I'm just going to say as we close out the show here that don't forget that tomorrow we are back live with Dr. Doreen Grandfuchet. She's going to be here answering your questions. You can feel free to send those questions in now to me. And, uh, we'll, we'll happily take those, but we also take them live tomorrow. So that's ask Dr. Doreen. Then we're going to be back on Wednesday. I, as you can see, we're still in my office. We've got lights being hung this week in the studio. I fingers crossed. I think we're going to be in our new studio, maybe as early as next week, but, um, I can't find my calendar. So I know we've got great guests the rest of the week, but uh, I can't tell you who they are. It's going to be a surprise, but great, great guests this week. I do want to remind you that if you did not have a chance to see our new podcast, Stories from the Spectrum, and when I say our, I mean, uh, it's part of the Autism Network, but the thing that is beautiful about this show is that it is all end-to-end content by and for individuals who identify as being neurodiverse, which might be autism, might be ADHD, but neurodiverse, that is uh, the, the whole program start to finish, even the opening credits, and the music were all created by people who are neurodiverse. All of the stories are people told by uh, people who are neurodiverse, and and we are so excited, excited, excited to um, be the host for this. So I hope that you'll check out this first episode because we need to tell the world about these um, amazing artists brilliant people, because part of what we're trying to do with this is spread the word, but also set up these artists, mentor them and help them, uh, give them exposure. Some of them don't need, don't need mentorship. They could be mentoring me, let's be honest, but to give them exposure and they're getting paid very small amount, but they're getting paid, um, so that they have experience on their resume so that ultimately it will help them to get jobs and better jobs. Uh, Because many of them are already working. I do see uh, Sajad, you just said, uh, my daughter is a mild autistic girl, five years old. She's having a biting habit. Uh, When she gets angry, she bites her siblings. We just talked last week on uh, Ask Dr. Doreen about biting. It is in last week's episode, so it is available right now on YouTube or iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. I want to encourage you to look at that. If you still feel like your question isn't answered, then I would ask you to write in uh, to us for tomorrow's show and be as specific as possible. So, but I, but. Dr. Grampy talked a lot about biting just last week. Um, so it is there for you. We are past time. I want to thank everybody for being here and Molly for her incredible work. We'll be back tomorrow with Dr. Grampy Until then, give your kiddos a hug from me and one for you too. Bye-bye for now.